Welcome to The Next Scene, the podcast where we take on pop culture one scene at a time. New episodes start on November 11 with our six-part coverage of Home Alone for the Holidays. Until then, please enjoy our return to previous holiday specials, starting with National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Days from 2017 with host Christopher Dennis DeGuardia and Pete Mummert. Some changes to our social media since this episode was recorded. We are still on Facebook at the Jelly of the Month Club, but you can now find us on Twitter at Next Scene Pod and on Instagram at Next Scene Podcast. And now, on with the show. of cash just sitting in on the premises and it's like you know you're not a bank you're not fort knox you're not a fight you know as far as we know they're not something that that's part of their business so why why is it there but so that explains a lot of it well their 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 nefariousness another thing which i wish they would bring up on the podcast is uh b cannon which uh, is uh nakatomi plaza the video game because you go to Mm -hmm. extra levels and you listen to more about the belt so you get a little bit more lore about mm-hmm. the Nakatomi Corporation and it's like this this comp this building is like the satellite of the company that's in Tokyo because he because he mm-hmm. Takagi yeah. mentions that that like whatever you do here when they wake up in Tokyo they're just going to change it so like why are you like trying to do all this stuff it's like no you idiot I'm just trying to get your money and get out so yeah it's like it's in that way it's architecture it's chemicals it's it's uh it's um Real estate, like it's like literally supposed to represent like this Japanese company coming into America with all this money flush with cash and just putting their hands and everything. Like that's was essentially it's trying to represent. It's just like, oh, the American frontier is lost because we have, uh, we have Euro trash coming in as terrorists to rob us, and then we have the Japanese coming in that are just able to buy us out and everything, and and you have the lone cowboy who his whole job is to bring stability to his ranch to his homestead so there's so many like cow the the reason there's Hmm. so many cowboy memes it's like it's pretty much like i don't think this movie would have done well if it wasn't for reagan like that's the vibe i get like you need you need reagan you need john wayne obviously you need these cowboy archetypes so you have the cowboy of john the cowboy of hans and the cowboys of the fbi they all have Mm -hmm. their like uh they're, they're, they're different stances. They're different hats. Um, so, like, wow. John's the white yeah. hat. You know, Hans the black hat. FBI's are the gray hats because we lose 30, 35% of the hostages. Oh, I can live with that. Wow, I never I never thought of it that Man, way. You just, you just said more about Dyer. Doug Greenberg from Rocky Minute. Glad you could make it. I have uh, quite an odd, I guess by you know contemporary standards, Christmas tradition. Um, it never happens on Christmas because it involves my brother and my two cousins who we're all very close in age and we've all been very close since we were young kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much since we were born. Our mothers are twin sisters. And uh, I, I don't know when it began, but sometime during our youth, uh, one, one of the weekends nearing Christmas, we actually just did it this past weekend. Um, we we parlayed it with the Last Jedi, the Star Wars movie, but mm-hmm. uh, we would all get together at one of our houses. Uh, we would, I mean, we're at the drinking age now, so now we've incorporated beer into it. Nice. <laughs> but we 
plop on all the our favorite Christmas movies, our Chris, the favorite Christmas specials from when we were kids, and we just hang out. We get drunk and watch Christmas stuff all night long. <laughs> nice, oh, wow. nice. And it's, I mean, we're you know, I'm going to be 40 years old. My brother's, you know, in his 40s. My cousin's 40. You know, so we're all like right around the same, you know, late 30s, early 40s, and we still do this. And we <laughs> we all have kids now too. Right? We have, uh, you know. Young kids. My sons are five and seven, and we've kind of brought them into the mix too. They don't get why we want to sit and watch Christmas stuff. They want to go jerk off somewhere and you know, <laughs> run around, act like animals. And we just want to sit, drink beer, and watch Christmas stuff. Is that asking too much? <laughs> but it, it always turns into a sleepover too. So nobody's Good. driving drunk. So, uh, so what? Are, what are nice. like? What? So what are the, some of your favorite movies? What are the what are the movies that pop up for this tradition? Obviously, this one. Uh, we have the Christmas story, which we kind of put that late at night when, when we're all pretty much in the bag and we can't really pay attention because that's, you know, they run that 24 hours a day, on, uh, right. 24 yeah. hours in a row on Christmas Day. <laughs> right. So we're not missing anything. Yes. Um, Scrooge, Bill Murray Scrooge. Yes. Good one. Uh, all the, uh, the cartoons, Charlie Brown, uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol, uh, Rudolph and Frosty, yeah. you know, the, the Rankin Bass ones. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, uh, all all good selections so far. I'm with you. The Grinch. Yeah. Yeah. So is, interesting. So this time. is uh, <laughs> you're reaching back. I think this is. So this movie, Christmas Vacation from 1989, is the the most recent thing you've mentioned. It probably is. I mean, we've once in a while, if the kids are interested in sitting and watching, mm-hmm. we'll throw on Home Alone because my kids love that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, I mean, it does, that doesn't resonate with me the way movies like this and Scrooge and Christmas Story do. Okay, no. yeah. Elf, that's, Elf that's is a, a good is one. A new yeah. one, too. We'll throw that in. Yeah. So are you guys all, like, do you guys all sit in, like, concentrate in the movie? Or are you, like, playing cards or something in the background? Or I mean, basically, it's just uh, chit-chat with the stuff on in the background, you know? Because we, yeah. we only get together maybe once or twice a year. My brother lives up in Massachusetts. And me and my cousins are in New Jersey, but we're we're scattered. Yeah. So it's uh, right. so maybe a couple of times a year we'll be able mm-hmm. to get together. But it's yeah. it's basically just catch up, you know, catch up what's going on in our lives. And, when you know the movies, uh, you don't have to. It's not like if you miss a scene. This is it's Christmas Eve, and there's the the Christmas Eve dinner. Um, so is there any any traditional meals in your family? Any kind of, is there like one thing or, or certain things that you make or that someone's making every year? Do you know, you know, do you know what the Christmas uh, dinner is going to look like? We know what Christmas Eve dinner will look like. So what I grew up with, and I, and we've actually continued this tradition, is we do cheese fondue. And you're going to love this as a Jew, but oh, my, <laughs> we yeah. put pork in the fondue. We put bacon in the fondue. <laughs> so for those of you who are not Jewish, pork is like a no-no. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, my family doesn't care about that stuff. So <laughs> um, yeah. Right on. Yeah. And as a, a second note, I, I did work for Hadassah briefly, and so um, I didn't. Re- we're like really, really reformed, and I didn't realize there's other people who are not reformed until I started working for them, and they were like, "Oh no, we we eat kosher all the time," and I was like, "Oh, that's rough." Yeah. <laughs> Got you. Okay. Yeah. The, right. So that sounds good. The the pork I'm not so big on, but the mm. bacon, cheese and bacon. 
I'm, yeah, yeah. So I'm there. I'm right with you. Yeah. Wow, that sounds cool. Well, and that's nice because fondue is is, you know, it's a social thing. You got the pot. You got your long little forks. You're dipping stuff in. It's it's an activity as much as it is a meal. Mm-hmm. So nice. So Christmas Eve fondue. Yeah, it's really good. Um, so like we that. cut up apples and French bread, and we saute mm-hmm. mushrooms and steam broccoli, and then we you know dip it in the cheese and. Um, yeah, it's it's the same. I mean, we use the same fondue pot that my dad probably bought in like 1975, and we had it mm-hmm. forever until it went kaput, and then we bought him a new one for the holidays, and so now we use that one. So we were continuing yeah. on the mighty tradition of fondue. Wow, yeah. well, that sounds great. Yeah. And then, so, what kind of what kind of cheese? We use a Colby Jack cheese, and then we use a cream of mushroom soup and white wine, and then the bacon. It's very good. Nice. Yes. Yes. Huh. Yeah. Okay. And then we do Chinese food for Christmas Day. <laughs> <laughs> we go out for Chinese food. <laughs> I like this. I, I like this. Uh, I like this Christmas. Yeah. I'm, I'm into it. Cool. cool. What do you guys do? So we do. Um, yeah. So we do a big dinner, a big formal dinner Christmas Eve. We used to do it on Christmas Day when I first uh, when I first started doing Christmas with my in-laws, and and by formal I mean uh, we didn't we didn't dress up, but I mean like bust out the good china and the silver and, and crystal glasses, and um, there'd be a roast turkey and maybe Ooh. a ham and, and stuffing and potatoes. You know, throw Christmas vacation you know, in the DVD player, and it's a very low-key mm-hmm. day. It kind of mirrors the, the movie in that respect. It's the rest after the huge buildup. Interesting. That's always opposite for my experience, because, like, my family was very, like, we'd either, we would either traveling to visit people on Christmas, which was a nightmare, because we lived away from all the family, so we were all the ones that had to drive. <clears throat> or we would stay at home, and it was very quiet, and my dad would read the Christmas the, the Christmas story in the Bible, and then we'd read, open a couple of presents, and like, you know, it's sort of like Christmas Eve type things, and then we'd wake up, and then that's when all the crazy stuff would happen, because we'd have all this, you know, toys, and yeah, and screaming, and that sort of thing. So as, <laughs> then as we got older, my siblings stopped coming over for Christmas Eve, because they did their own thing, and they'd come over on Christmas Day, so then I'm, I'm like, I'll do my own thing, and so that's where the diehard thing came in. and So my Christmas Eves are very quiet, very, very mellow. And, and Christmas Day has always got like all my nieces and nephews and my sister and brother and their friends and all that. There's like 40 people in the house and there's food and there's wrapping paper everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's insane. Yeah, we do. On Christmas Eve, um, we always travel about three hours north um, to my dad's and my grandma's. And I'm at my grandma's. All my cousins come. My dad's one of five kids. So there's, I don't know, there's tons of us and we all have kids. So there's probably... 50 to 60 people every year in their house and we don't sit down to a regular meal because there's so many of us so our tradition is to have pancakes so we um you know get there some of us get there early we make pancakes and cook bacon sausage all that kind of stuff and that's our traditional christmas eve meal is pancakes and then um Sometimes we leave after that and we travel back down home and then it's always just kind of a quiet Christmas with us and the kids. But uh, that's our no. Christmas Eve. That's a lot of fun. Nice. I like yeah, pancakes. pancakes I like the sound of that. Pancakes are a nice big army it type is. food. You can cook a lot of them. They're inexpensive and you can just do whatever you want with them. 
Did you guys see Ellen's blouse? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that really appropriate for Christmas yeah, yeah. family? <laughs> I, this, when I was, I was 11 years old when this movie came out. Uh-huh. This was 89, right? <laughs> Yeah. And this was one of my earliest, like, oh, what's that strange sensation moment? Yeah, there's just like a little, <laughs> there's, you know, there's just like that little I, window. My only regret uh. is that it, it's closed at the top. Uh-huh. Let those babies breathe. <laughs> well, I was wondering, did Russ tell her about Mary? Well, yeah. I, like, is, is she trying to fight fire with fire here? Like, is she trying to get, uh, is she trying to get Clark to pay a little more attention? Hmm. <laughs> Well, if you think about it, no, it because it does seem like it does seem like a remarkably inappropriate outfit for like her parents and his parents, and it's it's it's, it's, it's classy cleavage. Yeah, it's classy because <laughs> it's clasped at the top. There's only there's only a little bit, still a lot yeah. left in imagination, except on the the, uh, the side shots where you can kind of yeah. see inside the blouse. Yeah, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say it's inappropriate, but I do wonder if it's like a conscious choice to to like keep Clark's attention. Because obviously, if he he gets mm-hmm. you know he gets restless, so she's thinking, well, maybe if I can if I can keep him focused, yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, maybe that'll at least reduce the amount of trouble he gets into. So maybe that's yeah, maybe it's a calculated move. I, 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 maybe I should preface inappropriate. It, it seemed inappropriate in 1989, <laughs> right? <laughs> maybe less so today. <laughs> now, now the teenage granddaughter would be wearing that. Yeah, like yeah, 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 2017. Yeah. Like, oh, wow, you're really covered up today. (laughs) It's funny, though, when you think about it, Clark has purchased uh, underwear for his wife from the object of his lust. Uh So I don't know what that does. So is he picturing Mary wearing it when he's... It's better than, you know... Better than his switching Eddie with with Mary in his fantasy, I guess. So. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. that's the only other person you see in underwear in this movie. Unfortunately, <laughs> she just looks phenomenal in this movie. And did I hear you guys say that she's thirty eight at the? I think time so. That was one of those moments. Obviously, she's a mother in this, and when I'm a kid, I'm thinking she's an old lady. I'm thirty nine uh-huh. now, so. I can date Ellen. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's right in the zone. Yeah. Right in there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, she looks incredible. Apparently, she still uh, looks pretty good. I have a friend who works in a, I think, a hair salon she frequents, and she still looks great, she says. Know, she plays a, a few characters where she kind of has to trash herself up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And she sells that. She sells that. She's got that smoker's voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, I mean... <laughs> I can, I can imagine her, her in her advanced stage still looking great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she was, uh, according to my math and mm-hmm. her birthday, she was 38 mm-hmm. in 1989. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. I also have now a question, though, about uh, American turkey at Christmas. Yes. Do you yeah. have... Like the well, the, the like the giblets, shall we say? The you know, like the heart and that, because they they like oh, he wants the heart. Now here, that you wouldn't have that. That'd be gone. No one's eating he, that. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Usually we we that a lot that doesn't even come with. That's gone. Mm. Or sometimes it'll come with, but it's already been the uh, yeah, like the liver and heart insides and stuff is like a separate bag. It's already been separated from the meat. Mm. Uh, a lot of times that's used for make stock, make soup. Ah, but uh, okay. traditionally, yeah, the the heart would not be included with the uh, 
the muscular meat of, of the turkey. Um, so that is an unusual was, request. <laughs> I think it probably was here, you know, back in the old days when people just ate anything and everything. People mm. ate brains. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's a bit, yeah. that's pretty I mean, over here you got eat a pig's you tail. Got black or pudding, something. which is just, it's just bl- blood, basically. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. 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 And spices. Oh, wait, I want not black pudding. It's really <laughs> spicy. Coming over and then people visiting and cousins and, and all that stuff. You got a big group together. Then uh, then it makes sense. Yeah. Then it becomes yeah. like a feast, you know? It becomes like a, yeah. a really a, a deal, a big deal, you know? So it makes mm-hmm. sense that way. Yeah, I mean, I would never... Um, we're the same. It's just uh, the hubby and I, new kids. And so, yeah, I would never... Because, I mean, I also know it would just be me. Like, he's not going to cook anything. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah. We, we'd be stopping at the the poultry. It would be, like, you know, chicken and potatoes, and that would be it. We wouldn't... Well, I might do a green bean casserole, because that's really... I don't know if you guys do, like, the canned green beans, or you guys get fancy with your green bean casserole or not, but... Yeah, you know, no canned green beans were good, man. Yes, <laughs> let's not get carried away here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we got some hippies out here who want to use fresh everything, and I'm like, Mm-mm, no, no, you need to use the canned stuff. The canned stuff's the right yeah. stuff. <laughs> right. Well, and it's December. <laughs> you know, unless you're unless you're pretty close to the equator, there's nothing fresh coming up. Or I don't know, maybe you got a greenhouse, but. There's not so much fresh in December, so I would go with the canned No, stuff. no, that's not uh, a part of the macrobiotic diet. You're supposed to be eating seasonally, and green beans are not seasonal to December, so. <laughs> no. Christmas dinner. Do you guys do turkey? Oh, yeah. I Well, I okay. yeah, I love the turkey. I, I, I insist on the turkey. Okay. There, I think there may only be a turkey for me, uh, and I don't care. Uh, yeah, okay. turkey, absolutely. I, th- I mean, we, we never really, I can't say like turkey every year. I know there's always been like, I think Christmas is like, it's mm-hmm. like a little bit of everything. There's like, there's like lasagna. There's, there's, there might be a turkey. There might be ham. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I think, I mean. Well, no, I, yeah, no, I'm curious because. If you would have the same dish every year, or you would, you know, mix it up, or, um, you know, like, 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 we're a little Italian, but we never really got into the whole seven fishes thing. Because if we had, a, if we did a big Italian, if we had a big Italian dinner, we may do it, but it was just like few of us. So like, we usually it was Thanksgiving turkey, mm-hmm. obviously, but I think like, we usually do was ham on Christmas. We do a nice glazed ham with pineapples and and uh, and gravy and and. Um, and then we would, and then New Year's we would do like either a, a, a pork or a veal crown mm-hmm. roast, and um, my dad loves them, but like he pretty much would like he would have to check if the butcher was good before he like ordered that because he said that that was such, doing a crown roast he said was so expensive and he said and if, I, if he flipped for veal he's like he would have to make he would have to like he would have to vet that butcher for <laughs> he'd like have two to meet years the cow before he would even sure try yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he's like, like cow, he's so. like he's like I can he's like I can afford a pork roast. But if anything feel, I gotta make sure that's a good uh, butcher. It's yeah. like my dad would say, All I right. gotta know that's a good butcher before I got a veal. Cut but those out. are you. But those are the traditions. So like every year, it's the same thing. Yeah, we would have mix. Yeah. We would, yeah, we would like so. So you wouldn't have the same meal so close within like you know those months. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that that sounds good. You got you know, yeah, one thing's Thanksgiving, Christmas a little different, and then something else for New Year's. That sounds yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's good. How we play it. And I think I think it helps in terms of you know having having the tradition. accidentally see your presence beforehand or not so accidentally like did you go looking i came down one time i came out into the living room like really late on christmas eve and my dad was playing with the like a hot wheels track he, they'd gotten me <laughs> <laughs> i uh i had a fever dream i think one time <laughs> that i had walked in on santa wrapping or placing gifts and Ooh. it was extremely vivid and it was so it stuck with me. So for the longest time, I was in denial over the true nature of Santa Claus because of this dream that I swore that I had seen. And, you know, uh, I was also the oldest of four boys. Uh, so there was it was kind of late in life when I got to do some Santa shopping to help out. Mm -hmm. And it was a very mm -hmm. kind of like um, I knew how to keep my mouth shut about things, too. So <laughs> Kyle was still getting presents until he was 22 years old from Santa. So as long as I was just kind of like, hey, guys, you know, I don't know where all this stuff came from. You know? <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I didn't I never walked in on, you know, it, that, that fever dream could have been me walking in and seeing a bathrobe and mistaking it for Santa's <laughs> red, <laughs> red, red outfit. But uh, I did an alarm was tripped uh, when I was young and. Uh, I accidentally walked in on the Easter Bunny putting things out. So, oh, no. Yeah, with the house alarm was going off. So that one, the cover was blown on that pretty early. But uh, the Santa thing, there was there was too much plausible deniability involved with the whole thing, you know. So, <laughs> so, so you you learn the two greatest things in life. What's that? You never rat on your friends, yeah. <laughs> and you keep your yeah. mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> sides and i was I, I was curious i never all right so um next to ellen there is an asparagus yeah tower with, i'm like man that has got to be something unique for the movie because i because like what do you like all right hey we got the asparagus tower with the olives like all right now let's, let's assemble this <laughs> well yeah what's what's like is um, there like what's binding that together is that all edible or is there some like string you've got to pick out or <laughs> With just like, yeah, the yeah. tomato on top, the little uh, tea there. Now, it, um, God, I don't get this, this lime jello thing. I don't get that. Is that like, and then Clark eats the jello and he's like, oh man, this jello and something about cat food. I'm not real. I didn't, that joke went over my head. Do you know what that's about? Well, <laughs> that's from, um, earlier in the evening. Okay. When, uh, when the, you know, yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah, Aunt, Aunt Bethany, uh, you know, yeah, I guess it's, yeah, she's, it's her, uh, her jello mold yeah. that, uh, she's, she actually originally, she's yeah, wrapped she... it up as a present and then they figure it out like, oh, this, this, you know, <gasps> one of these presents is leaking, <laughs> like, you know, green stuff. Oh, it's the jello mold. And, uh, yeah, uh, they, they say she's old. She just takes yeah. stuff from around the house and wraps it. Oh yeah. Geez. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm like, yeah. uh, so that's and it's it's weird. It's one of those things that like that used to be super high end. Like I kind of wondered. I'm like, what's what's the big deal with Jello? If you look at like old, you know, that like old movies from like the 30s or 40s, or you look at old menus from um, like old fancy restaurants, they'd have a Jello mold that used to be like super high end because. 
it's yeah. very difficult to make a gelatin from scratch in terms of like getting the collagen from the bones and everything like it's super hard to make and then jello yeah. comes along with like this instant packet where suddenly anyone can make a gelatin and so like it's not it's not special mm. anymore so i can see someone like bethany who's a little bit older probably remembers a time where like oh if you went to someone's house for dinner and you brought a jello mold you're like you know that's that's high end super fancy um, now these days it's, yeah. well, you just got the yeah, instant jello and you put your cat food in it and you wrap it up and, you know, it's, it's, it's not as much a big deal. So yeah. And Bob's, Bob's your uncle. uncle. So, you know, so these days it may look, it may look out of place to have a, you know, your green jello mold on your, your, your fancy Christmas Eve dinner table. But, uh, they, you know, back in the day, that was a big deal. Yeah. So I like what they're doing here. I'm going to switch gears. I like what they're doing. The big dinner. Yeah. On Christmas Eve, which is what what we started doing with my in-laws a few years ago, because it's a big pain on Christmas because Christmas morning, you're down in the tree, you're opening gifts and you're like you're playing with your new toys and everything. And it's like, oh, wait, now you got to you got to put all your toys away. We got to set the table. We're doing a big dinner. Eh, No, do the dinner Christmas Eve and then Christmas Day. Everyone relax. You just you got the leftovers, the cold you know, cold ham or cold turkey sandwiches and, you know, no one's cooking. You just relax like that. They, they get they got it right. The Griswolds, they're on it. Christmas Eve, that's the big dinner. They're doing it right. I can't remember what we because we do the midnight mass. So I'm trying to remember now what we even eat for Christmas Eve. It, it's probably something like really simple. And then we just like and then we just kind of sit around looking at each other for a couple hours and like, all right. Now it's time yeah. to go to church. Well, yeah. I mean, if you, if you do the if you do like a if you're doing the the Christmas ham on Christmas Day, you don't want to do like a big formal dinner two days in a row. So yeah, if you're doing it on Christmas Day, then you, you take it easy. Santa gets to Australia. He gives his reindeer a rest, and he uses kangaroos to pull his sleigh. And he also changes his clothes because Ooh. it's so much warmer. <laughs> are, there, are there Australian Christmas songs about this? Oh, absolutely. Don't ask me to sing any because like, I, like, I did like, not look them up. <laughs> I'm, thinking of like, I'm thinking of like Dominic the Donkey. You know, it's, it's that version of, from Australia. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So I, I understand the kangaroos because you don't have reindeer mm-hmm. in, in Australia, but he oh, still yeah. has a sleigh. I mean, the sleigh itself flies. It's going to be a bumpy ride. So it's kind of got a magically built-in suspension. Whoa. Although, <laughs> if he wanted to have the authentic Australian experience, I feel like he would just trade it in for some sort of muscle car that's been kitted out with spikes and a huge engine and maybe a couple of <laughs> mounted flamethrowers flame or something like that. <laughs> Well, isn't it the deer, the reindeer that are magical that fly the sleigh? Well, that all depends on what movie you're watching. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we would need magical kangaroo that can fly. Well. I was going to say, does he pick just any old kangaroo off the side of the Only road? Only the ones with red noses. Does he have a staff yeah. that he goes back to? Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> is there a kangaroo with a red nose? Now, so that's got to be a bumpy ride, like... like a reindeer running mm. can be smooth with the four legs, yeah. but yeah. kangaroos hop. Loping, Are they uh, hopping through the air? Or is it? Just one big hop. Yeah, he uses houses. six white boomers, ah, as okay. the uh, the song Whoa. describes them. There is a Australian song all about 
the six white <laughs> kangaroos that pull his sleigh. Is, is it by Rolf Harris or the Wiggles? Because <laughs> that's what I know about Australian music. You know, it's funny. The uh, or both. There are large carols by candlelight services in most of the state capitals in the country, and in the list of famous Australian singers, the very first one is the Wiggles, followed by John Farmhen and Anthony Warlow and Colin Gray or Colin Gary, I should say. <laughs> but yeah, they're held in all these different cities and they're broadcast on television. The <laughs> one downside to Christmas being in the summertime for Australia is that because it's so hot and dry that sometimes giant brush fires will flare up and so you'll have a lot of volunteer firefighters out away from <laughs> yeah. their families fighting these fires but as part of the Christmas tradition Australian families will invite those volunteer firefighters into their homes to give them a nice home experience even while they're away Aww. fighting fires well that's yeah. adorable that nice? yeah that's nice that's there you sad. go. That famed Australian hospital. Wasn't um, his mom in this wasn't much older than he was. No, she wasn't. No. Let's see. He's 1943. So, yeah. So 89 minus 43. I'm no math magician, so I'm doing this. My kid. He was 46. And Diane Ladd would have been, what, 54? My only eight years. So eight only, years older. what? Six, 16 years older than yeah. Beverly D'Angelo. Yeah, 16 yeah. years. Um, Dan Landless. Yeah, but I guess there, there's some some actors are like that. Who's uh, What's her name? The the lady from Murder, She Wrote. Oh, Angela Lansbury. Angela Lansbury. Because uh, in the, um, what was it? The Manchurian Candidate? Isn't she's like Frank Sinatra's mother? <laughs> and like she's actually younger than him or something like that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. That's probably not right. But she like she's someone like she was she was like a young actress playing parts in their 20s. Uh-huh. And then like suddenly she was playing characters in their 50s. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. she just. Yeah. She always played old. So, well, even like in Last Crusade, Sean Connery is only like 10 years older than Harrison Ford. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's things, you know, if you want to feel old, there's something like uh, like Tom Cruise is older now than all the old people in Cocoon. Oh my God. Like, what? <laughs> old people back then just look so much older. Yeah. Yeah. Was- <laughs> yeah, just old, old ain't what it used to be. No. Now, what was right. the thing I read? I'm going to get it wrong, so we'll have to go back and make it sound like I'm right. Where Mark Hamill now is like currently <laughs> two years older than Alec Guinness was. In- is that, is that something yeah, about that? I saw something about that too. <laughs> yeah. So- which is just, it's crazy. I remember a thing a few years ago uh, where Ralph Macchio was the same age as Mr. as Pat Morita was <laughs> in the Karate Kid. And that was years, that was like five years ago. Yeah, wow. So they do they ever address in, in the movies how old uh, like Kylo Ren or Rey are? Because I'm guessing like, so they're probably like Kylo Ren's probably about the age of Luke and Leia were in Star Wars. I found it. I found a thing where they they plotted out everyone's birthday, you know, according to the Battle of Yavin. And I, I think Kylo is okay. like 10 years older than Rey, maybe. Okay. Yeah. I think. He, okay. I had a feeling he was even older. I thought he was somewhere near like over 20s, yeah. maybe even 30. And she was about 15, 16.
classic with the turkey you know when he cuts into the turkey and it's just like <laughs> you know the yeah. with the with the steam coming out and that's just turkey's hard man turkey's tough and so that there is a a smidge of truth in that that turkey can go go bad um and when we've done turkey uh for thanksgiving um we we rotisserie the the turkey and that comes out very good so i was kind of curious for you mm-hmm. and your family do you guys roast the turkey because i know there's all these gymnastics that you have to do to make the turkey moist otherwise it's just going to be like that it's gonna be cardboard <laughs> so i was curious what you guys did yeah yeah and, and the timing is very important because of the the dangers of undercooked poultry mm. so you definitely don't want it you don't want it underdone you don't want anything pink. You don't want anyone getting sick. But then, yeah, if you just overdo it, it goes crazy. Um, oh, my God. I never thought but, of that. I never th- just injected, like, killing all the relatives off in the <laughs> with the Thanksgiving turkey. I didn't even consider that as a possibility. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. I- no, you, it's dangerous. Oh, my God. Well, but, so... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, and so one thing... Yeah, that's kind of my thing. It, it turkey that's that's i take care of the turkey um don't you know no stuffing because mm. that just it's going to take longer to cook you you cook stuffing on the side you don't stuff the bird or i don't stuff the bird i'll put in um you know put in a carrot and an onion or something you know for flavor but don't stuff it full you want air to get in there mm-hmm. um i think that th- what i found is uh brining the turkey Mm -hmm. and that's uh you know brine is just salt water soaking the turkey overnight in yeah just a bucket full of water and a couple cups of kosher salt um i've seen different recipes adding all kinds of different herbs everything you know including up to uh you know adding whiskey and and stuff like that Mm. for flavor um I don't really do that. I just stick with, yeah, just a bucket of salt water and soak the turkey in terms of keeping it moist. Um, I've tried different things. I've seen recipes because one of the challenges with turkeys is the, um, the, the dark meat, the underside, the, the, uh, the legs and the thighs need to get to a higher temperature than the breast, than the white meat oh. before they're done. And so the, the usual problem, the traditional problem is the usual position of cooking the turkey, which is breast side up. The breast side is, is exposed to all the heat. The, the legs and the thighs are underneath are heating up slowly. Mm. By the time the dark meat's done, your white meat is overcooked. Mm. Um, and I experimented. So some recipes will say, like, cook it upside down, cook it with the legs up for like the first half, and then you flip it halfway through which i've done and it it works it turns out well but it's a huge pain in the butt Mm. um because you've got you know it's a hot turkey at this point it's been the oven depending on the size of the turkey it's already you know it's been in the oven for an hour or 90 minutes you know trying to handle a hot turkey and get it flipped and plus you've got um you know there's there's liquid to to make gravy to keep it moist You, you know i put some water in the pan you got the vegetables that i root vegetables that i've put inside and aromatics like just handling the thing is is it doesn't work out well mm-hmm. so i i tried it it works it's just but it's more trouble than it's worth um now what i do so i you know brining it so it's it, one kind of seasons it it's and the turkey's going to absorb a lot of water that's going to keep it moist 
And the other thing is uh, just cover it with foil. Mm. Cover it with aluminum foil for the for like the first two thirds of cooking and then uncover it at the end. Mm. Um, and then that way it kind of it, it cooks more evenly. So the white meat doesn't dry out and get overcooked while you're waiting for the dark meat to catch up. Mm. Those are my, my my cooking tips. I like it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of curious. No, it's a big deal. It's a, I mean, we saw like it's, yeah. it's high stakes. I mean, hence the tears. You know, if if the turkey, yeah. you know, like it's it, you got to have some huevos, you know, to be the one to handle the turkey. Right. So you know, hats off. And it's it's yeah, it's it's the center of the meal, mm-hmm. and if it doesn't come out right, and it is something it takes so long. Like even if you have a second turkey in standby, by the time you found out that you ruined the first one, it's going to take too long. Yep to cook the next one you know you can't start a turkey right away it's good you know it takes too long to cook and that's another thing is when i do a whole turkey um don't go too big Mm. i think yeah i think that's a mistake that that some people do if you you know if you have that many people and you need that much turkey you're better off going with like two medium sized birds than one really big one Mm. yeah um you know and i know that's that's what i do um, so for, for Christmas, we're, we're usually good with, with one turkey and then we'll also do, there's a few people that will eat ham. So we'll have like some, uh, um, some honey maple ham as well oh, so for, good. so, it, you know, for, for protein as well. Um, but then at, at Thanksgiving, um, uh, then, you know, Christmas with my in-laws. So we do Thanksgiving with my family and there, there's enough people that will do, um, there'll be two turkeys there you know rather than just one really big one mm-hmm. get get two two reasonably sized turkeys and it, they're going to be easier to handle they're going to eat you know easier to time in terms of the cooking and then and then more drumsticks four drumsticks yeah. is better than two War. i'm a big fan of the uh the drumstick so yeah so what where do you fall on uh do you prefer the white meat or the dark meat or you do a little bit of both? Dark meat all the way. Got no love of the white meat. There you go. <laughs> Good answer. Yeah, I love the drumstick. I'm, you know, and thankfully I'm the... <laughs> Thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I find it to be moister. I think people have a problem mm-hmm. with it being gamey and I, I don't. I like the flavor of it better than um, the turkey breast. Um, and I think... You know, I think you're right. It is there's some susceptibility to it drying out, um, so that's probably part mm-hmm. of it too. But uh, I just enjoy, it. and it's you know, there's something, you know, like medieval time style. If you get the drumstick, you know, <laughs> like you feel like a Viking. Yeah. It's good stuff. <laughs> there you go. Cool. Yeah, you and me, and then I never have to fight <laughs> over the drumstick. No one else eats. It. I'm like, hey, uh, more for mm-hmm. me. That's and that's yeah, that is me. I'm there with the. Uh, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to get medieval <laughs> and just dig in and just be like, yeah, here's my drumstick. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah. It's the right thing. Why, why, do, why do 80s SWAT always have black hat? Like nobody wore helmets. <laughs> like why, why no helmets? You know, I want to know that. <laughs> Die Hard didn't do it. And this, I, I'm just... <laughs> It's like 80 swat. You know, it's, everyone yeah. had black caps well, on. No one had helmets. You can protect yourself. It's, it's the Chris, It's the B team. It's right. the Christmas Eve SWAT team. <laughs> that is true. They, because they're they're goofballs when that SWAT captain's like, freeze, <laughs> not you. It's like, wow. Yeah, like, it's definitely. This SWAT is incompetent. 
Yeah. It's the SWAT you know. interns. Yeah. yeah, the guys yeah. who could who don't have the seniority to get Christmas yeah. Eve off. Yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. These are the, these you know these are the guys that that the same guys who got stuck attending a Christmas party. Traditions around food, any staples other than other than, than the pancakes that we heard. Um, about. My family, yeah. uh, we actually do uh, Christmas at Thanksgiving. We call it Thanksmas. <laughs> and uh, we last few years we've started this tradition where we do a, a root beer tasting contest. So people will, you know, over mm. the year, it gets wild up in the uh, Carlisle household. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Over the year, people will you know go to different stores and and find different brands of root beer that we most of the time we try to get ones that we haven't tried before and but we always end up with some that we've we've had before. Um, and this year we had twenty three different variations. Yeah. Okay. Now at one point, does your taste buds just stop acknowledging root beer and just start tasting others? Th- yeah. I mean, I think there's got to be a limit. Your your brain's like, nope, nope, I can't do it. I'm done. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Almost after like five years. Yeah, after, after four or five, you can still you can still taste them, and there's still a difference from brand to brand. But you don't really know if it's what it actually tastes like anymore. Um, yeah. But yeah, even take we just we have shot glasses. <laughs> we just take a little sip of each one. But even then, by the by the time we're done with twenty three of them, you're just like I'm done. You know, you're sick sick to your stomach, and it's like Ugh. yeah, your tongue feels so gross. Yeah. Now is this like a wine tasting, like? You swish it around your mouth and you spit it out, or are you are you drinking them? Yeah, some of them you spit <laughs> yeah. it out, but yeah, the it. ones that taste like you licked an envelope, oh. you know, or something, those get yeah. those get uh, might get spit out, but yeah, yeah. One of them uh, this year, one of them tasted like a uh, uh, mildewy piece of wood that you found in your parent your grandparents' basement so, or something like so that. that. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's like, uh, <laughs> what was it called? Tree, tree, tree fork. Tree fork. And it tasted like a tree. tree it did. It was so, it was so like gross. It was made from real tree forts. Yeah, <laughs> made from real tree forts. Yeah. yeah, it was really gross. Did they go gross. harvest them from the trees and they grind them up and they juice them? Yeah, yeah. So root sure. beer made from real roots. Here, what the fort? Otherwise, at my family, we don't really have a certain food. I guess that the root beer thing is our our thing now. But well, we changed it up: ham, turkey, taco. I won the outside fight, and I get the nice. colored lights outside. My wife gets the inside Same. lights as white. It was It's funny. It was a little bit of a, a progression because when we first got married and moved in together, you know, I wanted to be a good, caring husband, so I kind of kind of gave her a little more leeway. So it was white lights everywhere, and it drove me bananas. <laughs> so slowly I started wearing her down, and she agreed. I can have the outside. She just wants her white lights on her tree and everything inside. So, you got it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's how I do it. Same thing. Like crazy outside. Yeah. Do you go crazy? No, I I go as crazy as I can. Yeah, I got <laughs> I, I got a laser this year. I like the laser. Now, do you do the big big inflatable mm-hmm. figures like a big reindeer or Santa? Well, or something? We, <laughs> no, those aren't crystal. We ha- we have big inflatable figures who are currently flat right now because the the chickens. We have chickens too, and apparently chickens. <laughs> the chi- Decorations? No, real chickens. And, but but the chickens um, were, were very interested in the decorations to the point where they put holes in them. So they're just kind of like like it's like a oh, flat, wow. ugly Santa-shaped wow. thing on the ground with a little 
LED light in it. <laughs> <laughs> Fan just keeps going. <laughs> you patch yeah. it, just get a new one. I don't know. I'm steadily uh, getting more and more crazy. Every year I buy something else for the outside, more lights. And I'm just stringing up the house <laughs> and the trees and everything I could possibly get my hands on. So. Now, are you are you an LED man or an incandescent man? Oh, I go old school, man. I got the uh, the the big yeah. fat yeah. C9 bulbs for nice. the sweet for the gutters. Yeah, just the, the warm glow of uh, burning <laughs> filament like LED. It's just it's you know it's cold and impersonal. It's not the same. Yeah. That's a perfect way of putting it. Absolutely. Cold and personal. And if you shoot a video of it in, with your slow motion setting on your iPhone, you can see them flicker. Because they're not, they're not a oh. steady glow. They're just flickering at such high a frequency. That's why they look weird when you drive by them. Uh-huh. You know you would drive by them and they look kind of weird sometimes? Yeah. Uh. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so next yeah. time, take out your iPhone, shoot a slow-mo video, and watch them, watch them, watch them flicker at you. <laughs> I think I have better things to do with my time. <laughs> We know you don't, you know. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're here talking about a movie one day at a time, buddy. goes very apocalyptic and cynical uh, during that whole sequence where every, they're at the threshold of hell, but they're able to to bring it back to a real heartfelt place by the very end, which is a very deft uh, storytelling, I think, because uh, it, it could have just continued to go down into uh, you know, a cynical <laughs> ending. But uh, no, they're at the end. Yeah. They, they bring it full back they around. Do. You really, mm-hmm. the last... It, it gets a little cheesy, honestly, I'm going to say. When they're all outside looking at the yeah. star, and Clark's like, "This is the most important thing," and I'm like, mm, "Here's the message. It's dropping in with a thud." Yeah. yeah, it's it's not always subtle, but like, and then so that that big conclusion, it's it's cousin Eddie mm-hmm. that really is the impetus that kind of kicks off the turn that kind of brings things back yeah. around. You know, it looks like it can't get any worse, and then it looks like it's getting worse and then it gets better and it's the unexpected you know it's kind of and that's a that's a theme in a lot of uh you know a lot of christmas stories and christmas Mm -hmm. movies um you know like rudolph the red-nosed reindeer rudolph going back to eddie's theme song that we we talked about on on um friday i think it was that you know rudolph's the underdog the whole time he's kind of the cousin eddie of the reindeers (laughs) but then at the end he's the hero he's like an elf that's very similar to elf (laughs) His special gift was a glowing nose, but Cousin Eddie's special gift was mental insanity, so they were both able to use that to help everybody out of a situation. So, yeah. yeah. So Cousin Eddie would have been in the Island of Misfit Toys. Yes. <laughs> which, which is funny, because doesn't National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation 2 take place on an island? As I've heard that know. movie was really bad. <laughs> I've never seen it. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't endeavored to find out. <laughs> Oh, that's not next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we haven't encountered anyone who's been brave enough to actually watch yeah. the sequel to this. But uh, uh, yeah. I may know somebody who knows the director, what? so let me know if you want to uh, get okay. in touch. There yeah. you go. All right. Yeah. Same time the next Frank year. Frank Capra. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's Frank Capra the fourth, actually. It's a, you know, diminishing returns yeah, on those Capra yeah. boys. <laughs> Are they like clones where like the copy of the copy is, is degraded? <laughs> yeah. You know, if you had like a tape uh, that somebody wanted you to make a copy of and you made it and they made it for another friend and for another friend and then eventually it's just like warbly and you can't understand it. That's Frank Capra the fourth. God bless him. He's trying. Really. 
cream of chicken soup or cream of cheddar soup that you put in the fondue? Um, cream of mushroom soup. and Cream of mushroom yep. soup. And, and, and white, white wine. wine. And um, we use a Colby Jack because it tends to melt really well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so and bacon, bacon is key in the, that whole program. Oh yeah, bacon. Yeah. And then oh, you like you that. may okay. need to get a little cornstarch to dust the cheese, so that kind of helps mm-hmm. with the thickening of it, so it has the right consistency and doesn't get oily and weird. But that's it. You just yeah. melt it all together yeah. and stick okay. your favorite vegetable, bread, fruit in it and eat it with friends or family, and it's good. Yeah. <laughs> Or all by or myself. Or all by yeah. yourself if that's what you need. And I have no judgment yeah. if you need to melt a pound of cheese and yeah. eat it yourself. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds good. Yeah, I'm, uh, my wife and I were, were fans of the fondue. Though I find most recipes have, uh, or a lot, of res- a lot of fondue recipes have Swiss. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a fan of the Swiss cheese. Um, I could do a little Gruyere. Mm-hmm. Uh, though I but I like the sound of the the Colby Jack, so yeah. maybe I'll, I'll have to give that a try. See, I break out the old fondue. I pot. like Swiss, but I don't like a Swiss fondue. I don't, which is weird because that is the yeah. it's like Kirschwasser and um, Swiss and something else is is traditional fondue, and I'm like, yeah, you know, yeah. I think the Colby Jack might do you right. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the bacon. And the bacon, yes, that too. You can't go wrong with that. Which we've never done. We have. Yeah, we have done fondue. We haven't done it for a while. We have done it a time or two, and uh, but bacon. So you, I, I assume you cook the bacon beforehand. That's correct. You're not putting raw bacon. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, those are good distinctions to make it ahead of time. <laughs> uh, yeah, we do uh, fry the bacon first, and so we we get it crispy. And then, uh, everything my dad said and he convinced me of some things that I'm still to this day like wait wait (laughs) (laughs) like we used to drive to my grandparents house for Christmas and they lived in Arizona and we lived in Colorado so we would have to cross the Colorado New Mexico border and Mm -hmm. the road surface changes a lot as you go from like Colorado maintained roads to New Mexico maintained roads and my dad convinced me that there was a strip of land that our national guards of the two states were fighting over and that the road was destroyed (laughs) because of shelling. (laughs) I believe that until like an embarrassingly late age. (laughs) And then I reminded him of that recently. He's like, I don't think I would have said that. And I was like, listen. That's at least a cute one. Most of mine are like confronting my grandmother about, you know, that thing you said it was in the Bible. It's not really in the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) I looked it up. Yeah, I can read now, Grandma. Thanksgiving movie is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh, yeah. That's the best. That's the greatest. I think... um, I think that might be the movie we're doing next year. I think that might be the next holiday movie. Um, right. I'll have to, I don't know. <laughs> I may have to kidnap <laughs> Pete, you know, duck Pete. We'll see how mad it makes Pete. Yeah. Well, because that, I was, I, I, I literally have been thinking about this because that movie, I think, happens over the course of four days. And if we did it like instead of one day at a time, if we broke it up into like 12 hour increments. Oh, wow. So like each. So like do two episodes for each day just because it's uh-huh. too quick. It's only four days. But that's another one that you can because it ends, I think, 
Steve Martin arrives home Thursday morning on Thanksgiving, and then all the action is the consecutive days leading up to that. That's another movie where we can pinpoint right. exactly what day, huh. you know, all the uh, all the action happens. And uh, and yeah, that's I mean one of my favorites, and it's uh, I think yeah in terms of Thanksgiving movies, that's the first one I think of. Yeah, yeah, I, it's the first. Yeah, it's the only one. <clears throat> Except for Pete and Sound of Music. <laughs> now, Sean, if I'm not mistaken, Sean, you said you told me that you grew up in New Jersey, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Piscataway, New Jersey, born and bred. Nice. <laughs> Do you remember WPIX 11 from New York radio station? Yeah. Uh, sorry, TV station. Used to show March of the Wooden Soldiers on Thanksgiving every year? Or was that like Easter or something like that? Something bizarre like that? Because I remember it specifically on the Laurel and Hardy. Wait, was it Laurel and Hardy? The, uh, who's the... the Laurel and Hardy. No, it's definitely Laurel and Hardy. March of the Wooden Soldiers. I want to say it was Thanksgiving, but it might be Easter or something. Every year they would show that one. I'm alone on this. <laughs> I, <can't see. laughs> I don't know. No, I'm, I'm trying to think. Well, okay. So let's, let's you know, we can kind of reason that. We know it wasn't Correct. Christmas because they showed the Yule Log. They just be it would just be a burning that's, fireplace yep, all day that's on right. Christmas. I think it, yeah, I think it I think it was I think it was Easter. I think you might be right too. As I was saying that it, Easter yeah. came to mind. I think it might have been Easter. Yeah. Yeah. But I so do you remember so so you're bringing up picks. So you remember they had video games. You could you people would call in the station and play video games over the phone and they'd show it on the Oh my god, yeah. <gasps> Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, wow, is that bring me back? Yeah. Wait, so wait, so you would call into the station and you would play the video games? Yeah. So it was. It looked like in television, mm-hmm. and they'd have like uh, they had they had a few different games. One was a bowling game, and it have to be simple. Obviously, you're playing over the phone, and this is like the, you know the earlier mid '80s, so it wasn't too advanced. And so the station was WPIX, PIX. And so to like the equivalent of pressing fire or pressing the button on the joystick, you'd say PIX. And there was one was a bowling game. And like the, the little man would move back and forth at the end of the lane. And when you said PIX, that's when it would release the ball. And another one was like a like a space, um, like a space fighter thing where there was a bullseye or there was like the sights of your gun on the screen and when the alien ship flew through the site you'd say picks and that's when it would fire oh, yeah and you'd have kids would call up and you could hear them going picks picks and then it would shoot and you'd play video games on tv <laughs> <laughs> was it really <laughs> you guys didn't have this where when you know where you grew up no, <laughs> no. And i keep saying like wpx keeps sounding familiar to me do they have a show called um uh, steam pipe alley with mario cantone it was just like a nut Mm. Yeah, and he did like a Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah, thing. Mary yeah, Steam yeah. Pipe Alley. Oh yeah, Sammy Davis Jr. Eye. Like find the uh, find the eyeball <laughs> yeah. in the spaghetti. He did nothing to deserve that. Certainly, it was crazy for, for people that don't know. For the listeners, first I'll put a bunch of links on the uh, on the website. So, yeah, if you don't know Steampipe Alley or, or WPIX, I'll, I'll put up links. I think all this stuff is on YouTube, like people playing video games on TV and stuff in the 80s. Um, but the Steampipe Alley was like 
it was kind of like SCTV. It was kind of like something like just some bizarre sketch show that's on at 2 a.m. And they just do whatever they want because no one watching except it was on in the afternoon with kids. <laughs> <laughs> the host was just the comedian, but it was the most like really inappropriate stuff. And, and not not risque, not like sexual that I remember, but stuff like he would he would do a, a Sammy Davis Jr. impersonation and, and the kids would play a game where you'd have to find the glass eye in the spaghetti. Be like, the, you know, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's really just inappropriate stuff. But it was on the, you know, with kids like, uh, I guess, you know, kids who had no idea who Sammy Davis Jr. was or why his eye was. Eye. Well, yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, yeah, certainly no yeah. one now knows. Kids these days don't know. But even then, kids didn't know. <laughs> Taking a break from the party to do some caroling? Well, that sounds fun. Well, we'll still be here when you return for the next installment of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Days. Mm-hmm.